That's awesome. Amen. We're going to get right into um, our study today. I'm so excited that you are here. Give honor to all of you. I give honor to our SCC leadership, to our pastor. Um, so excited for uh, what, what, I, what I feel like the Lord wants to share with us. Um, how many were here last week for uh, the, the first of the worship series? Awesome, awesome. How many have got to watch it online if you weren't here? Awesome, wonderful, wonderful. Well, we are going to continue in this series um, over the next uh, month or so. Um, and so I, I want to uh, uh, start here with kind of recapping a little bit of what we talked about, all right? And I'm going to set a timer here because I have a, a time I need to be done by. So it started 30 minutes, we'll be done. Everybody say amen. amen. Awesome, awesome. All right, so last week we talked about foundations. We talked about the foundations of kingdom worship. And so today we want to remind ourselves what a true worshiper is. At the foundation of kingdom worship lies two very important truths. This is what we uncovered last week. Number one, that true worship engages your spirit in the pursuit of Jesus Christ. And number two, that the pursuit of Jesus Christ is a life called to sacrifice. Amen? How many know that Jesus rests at the foundation of kingdom worship? Amen. Tonight, we're going to talk about expressions. We're going to talk about expressions. Now, if you have a device with you, if you have a phone, an iPad, lift it up. Awesome, awesome. I'm going to ask you to open up that little app there called Notes. And let's take some notes tonight. Let's take some notes tonight. If you uh, have pen or paper, you're welcome, obviously, to use that as well. We're going to start with our text here, Psalms chapter 95. The Bible says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God. Somebody say, he's great. He's a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of his hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will, hear his voice. We're going to talk about expressions in kingdom worship. Can you lift up your voices and your hands one more time to the heavens and let's welcome him here today. God, we love you. We thank you for your spirit that is here in this room. God, I pray you open our hearts, open our minds, open our understanding, God. We want to be changed through worship, God. We want to have new revelations of what you expect from us in worship. Lord, I pray that you help us, draw us closer to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. 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 We're going to start here with the definition of expression. The number one dictionary of the world, the Oxford Dictionary, tells us a couple different ideas on this word expression. We learn two things. It's number one, the act of making your thoughts, your feelings known by speech or writing or some other method. It's the act of expressing something. The second thing that we learn about expression is it's the way that one's face looks, 
that shows emotions and feelings. The idea here is that expressions are an outward display of what is within your mind and your heart. It's revealing your emotions visually. Revealing your feelings visually. Now we look at our text and what we see, what we read here in Psalm 95 is this giant expression of worship. And what we learn by what he says is we're called to be expressive in worship. We are called to show emotion. Verse number one, come, sing, make a joyful noise. Verse number two, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise. Verse number six, come, worship, bow down and kneel before the Lord. Come and show expression. The psalmist is calling us to display the way that we feel toward God. Sing, make noise, bow, kneel, show your expression. The question tonight is what is the motive behind your worship? And why do you worship? In between all of these expressions, the writer does something really incredible. He gives you a reason for you to perform each of these expressions. Verse number one, come, sing, make a joyful noise. Why? Because God is the rock of our salvation. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise. Why? Because God is great, a great king above all gods. Verse number six, come, worship, bow down, kneel before God. Why? Because he is our maker. He is God. We're the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. In other words, we're not expressive just to be expressive. Why do you worship? What's the motive behind your worship? We worship to sow expression to God. It's not just to make a noise. It's not just to dance, but there's a reason behind the expression we're giving. I can lift my hands and it mean nothing. Why don't you do it real quick? Lift your hands. It means nothing. Alternatively, I can lift my hands and I can, as we learned in the foundations of kingdom worship, I can engage my heart in the pursuit of Jesus, and then when I lift my hands, I can say, King of kings, Lord of lords, I surrender all. And now what meant nothing means something. Now I begin my ascent up the hill of the Lord. Now I'm entering into his presence. The simple act of lifting my hands means nothing, but when I'm displaying my heart and my thought for God through the lifting of my hands, now I'm giving expressions of worship. Warren Wearsby said, worship is the believer's response of all that they are, mind, emotions, will, body, to what God is, says, and does. Last week, we learned that true worship is the heart's pursuit after God. Tonight, we take that further, and we learn that the expression of worship is the outward display of the pursuit that's within the heart. Psalm 62 and 8 says, trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your hearts before him. 
What am I saying? I'm saying that the inward pursuit in your heart is poured out. Pour out your heart, the psalmist writes. The phrase pour out here in the Hebrew, it means to spill intensively. To spill it out. I'm going to pour it out. So take what it is that you love about God. Take the thoughts that you think about God. Take the emotions that you feel about God and pour them out in beautiful expressions of worship. However you choose to express your worship, just do it with an intense heart. However you do it, do it with a heart that is engaged in what you're doing. Whatever expression you give, let it spill out of you. Let it flood out through expressions of worship. We revisit Mark chapter 14, verses 3 through 9. And I want to bring two points out here. And being in Bethany, the house of Simon the leper, he sat at meat. We talked about this recently. There came a woman, woman having an alabaster box of ointment and spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and she poured it on his head. There were some that had indignation within themselves, said, why is the, uh, uh, the waste of this ointment made? Poured, the Bible says. Poured. Verse number six, and Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work. Somebody say a good work. The NIV says she has done a beautiful thing to me. This word good is the word kalos. It means beautiful. Verse 8, she hath done what she could. She is forehand uh, to anoint my body to the bearing. He said, you, per, you, you poured this perfume on my body before to prepare for my death, my burial. There are two things for us to understand from this passage. Her expression of worship was driven by a reason. And Jesus found that reason to be beautiful. Verse number eight, Jesus said this entire moment for her was done in preparation for my burial. That was this reason. That was her motivation. That was her why. That's what made this act mean something. That's what turned something odd and weird and strange into a moment of meaning and value. To the disciples, it was strange. It was odd, a waste of money. They couldn't figure it out. But to Jesus, for him, he understood the reason behind what she was doing. She, he understood the reason behind this expression, and he looked at her, and he said, this is a beautiful thing. This outward display was the pursuit that was within her heart. And that's why in verse 6, he said, she did something beautiful to me. So the question here is, what does it take for God to call our worship beautiful? What does it take for God to call our worship beautiful? And the answer is your heart in pursuit of Jesus Christ. Poured out in expressive worship. And that's the second point. Her expression of worship was with intense intention. The Bible says she poured it out. It wasn't enough just to dab him with it or to touch him with it, but it was this intense intention that she took this expensive bottle of perfume, what cost an entire year's salary, and she poured it on him. This was a meaningful act, an act of value. For Samuel 1 and 15, Hannah said, I was pouring out my soul before the Lord. Lamentations 2 and 19, arise, cry out in the night, in the beginning of the watches, pour out thine heart. 
While we don't bring literal alabaster boxes, we do, in a sense, bring spiritual alabaster boxes. The different ways that you and I pour out our worship, different ways that you and I give expressions of worship unto God. And, and we're going to talk about that for a few moments. We're going to talk about using our voice, our hands, our knees, and our feet in expressive worship. Why this matters? This matters because there are, we have new people in our church who, who maybe they don't know why we lift our hands. They just do it because we say to do it. They might not know why or the value of clapping your hands, but they see everybody else doing it. So, so we want to just kind of recover this, the, these, these things, these topics, and talk about it. So we're going to look at uh, our voice, our hands, our knees, and our feet. So what, we start with our voice. What do we do with our voice? We sing. We shout. And we use our voice to give praise and worship. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34 shares the truth that for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. It says outpouring from the heart. That's why we use our voice. Psalm 95 and 1. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Psalms 104 and 33, and I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Psalm 96, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord and bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day today. First Corinthians 14 and 15, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with understanding also. This idea, sing with understanding, is to reference your mind, your thought, and your feeling. So we take this expression and we look at Psalm 62 and 8 where the psalmist said, pour out your heart before him. And, and so we, we connect those together. And so when you sing, don't let it just be words you're reciting. Oh, but when you sing, you pour out what's already in your heart. You pour out what's in your mind. You pour out the thought you have of him, the feeling you have for the Lord. That's what you're doing when you're singing. It's not just words, but it's an outpouring, an expression of worship. Oh, God, take my thoughts. Oh, God, here's my heart. Oh. I'm not just singing lyrics to the latest worship song, but when I sing those words, they need to start resonating in my heart and in my mind. And I begin thinking of God and the way the song is then describing him. And then what comes after that happens naturally. I just start thinking about him. And so my heart just starts be becoming flooded with thoughts of him. And, and before long, tears are coming down my face. And Oh, how great thou art. How, how great, how great is your faithfulness. And because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Psalm 47, 6 through 9, sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our king. Sing praises. Wow, that's a lot of singing. Here's the why. Here's your motivation. For God is the king of all the earth. Mm. 
motivation behind my voice being lifted. Then he says, sing praises with understanding. Here's more motivation. God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. The princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is greatly exalted. In other words, I sing because he's king of it all. I sing because he reigns over the enemy. I sing because of his holiness. I sing because of his awe and wonder. I sing because he's great and greatly to be praised. I'm not just saying words. See, when you get that understanding, you can sing with every genre of music. It doesn't matter if it's a country song. It doesn't matter if it's a contemporary song or a gospel song. Your heart just starts overflowing when you start thinking about the words. He's been good to me. He's been good to me. He's been good to me. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Lift your voices all across the place. Oh, oh, does something happen in your heart when you start singing, I need thee. Oh, I need thee every hour. God, I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. We use our voice to shout. Psalm 47 and 1, the Bible says, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. And you'll see on some of these slides, can you go to the, the slide with voice and shout? You'll see that we've got uh, scriptures here on the right side. All of these scriptures, they're talking about shouts. They're talking about, when we're talking about singing, they're talking about singing. So write them down if you want to go back and study those later. Psalm 47 and 1, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. I use my voice to sing. I use my voice to shout. I use my voice to praise. Psalm 34 and 1, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My God, I will use my voice in these ways. That's why we sing, we shout, we praise. We use our hands. We use our hands as expressions of worship. We lift our hands unto the Lord. We clap unto the Lord. We use our hands to make music unto the Lord. So consider your hands tonight. Psalms 141 and 2, let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Remember what we talked about true worship being? It engages your spirit in the pursuit of Jesus Christ. But the second part was it's the pursuit of Jesus Christ that leads you to a life of sacrifice. I lift up my hands as an evening sacrifice. The word sacrifice here in the Hebrew means to bestow a gift. Specifically in sacrificial offering. I lift up my hands. I'm offering myself, God, as a gift in sacrificial worship. This is uh, affirmed in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 22. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel, and he spread forth his hands toward the heaven. Solomon stood before an altar, and what he brought God was an offering of sacrifice. It's through true worship that actions become expressions of worship on display. I read something. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. I thought it was really cool and, and, and just kind of stood out to me. Four reasons to lift your hands. You lift your hands, number one, in surrender. One raises their hands in battle to show, hey, I, 
I give up. Why do you lift your hands? I lift it up to him and surrender. Number two, to be lifted up. You've fallen. You are riding your bike. You're on your rollerblades. You slip. You've fallen. You need to be picked up. What, what your hands do, it reaches and extends. Oh, God, I need to be lifted up today. God, I've fallen. I need to be lifted up. Availability in sports. You wave your hands when you're open, when you're available. Oh, God, I'm lifting my hands because I'm available to you. God, I'm lifting my hands because I'm open to you. In commitment, you raise your hand when you make a pledge. In a court of law, I pledge, I swear, I commit. Oh, God, I'm committed. God, I pledge this life to worship. I pledge this life to you. God, I'm committed to you. We use our hands today to clap. Psalms 47, the Bible says, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord most high is terrible. Or this word can be translated revered. He's a great king over all the earth. That's the motivation. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us. The excellency of Jacob whom he loved, Selah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. I clap because he's revered. I clap because he's a great king. So in service, when someone says, clap your hands, use the motivation. Don't just clap, but clap because he's revered. Clap because he's a great king. I clap because he subdues my enemy. I clap because he chose us. I clap because he loved us. I clap because he selected our reward. I clap because he's gone up with a shout. Oh, I don't clap just to make a noise. I clap because there's motivation behind it. And so it's not just a sound. It becomes an expression. This is an expression of worship. Why don't you take 30 seconds and just clap? Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. Why are you clapping? Use motivation. Oh, God, I'm clapping because you're great. I'm clapping because you're good. Woo! Using your hands, we lift them up. We clap. We also use it in music. Psalm 150, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Musicians, when you're up here playing, it's not just to play. You're not, it's not just because you're on schedule. You're, when you get up here to play, it's not because you're talented. You are very talented. But that's not the point of it. When you get up to play, you're playing as worship. It's worship First and foremost, oh God, when I get up here and I'm playing the keyboard, anoint my fingers. Anoint it, God, because I understand there's a spiritual connection when I'm playing before you. It's intimate expressions of worship is when we bow in his presence. Psalms 45 and 11. Then the king will desire your beauty. Because he is your Lord, the Bible says, bow down to him. That's a direct statement. That's, a, that's a, something to do. The act of bowing down is used to show reverence for. And it provides acknowledgement of who 
you're bowing before. So the king will desire your beauty. Motivation. Because he is your Lord. Action. Bow down to him. The king desires your beauty because he's Lord, so bow before him. We see an affirmation uh, here in text we already read. Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She wrought a good work on me. She did something beautiful to me. When we bow in the presence of God, we acknowledge who he really is. You see, he finds your expressions of worship beautiful. So bow and express your worship before him. If we look at Psalm 45 and 11, this word Lord, it actually means sovereign master. Psalms 72, 11. And let all the kings bow down before him. All nations serve him. These verses, they're talking about God's rule, his authority, king of kings, lord of lords. Philippians chapter 2 verse 10 shows us something really cool. The Bible says at the name of Jesus that every knee will bow. Those in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The word Lord here, it means supreme in authority and master. In the New Testament, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. In the Old Testament, the kings will bow and the nations will serve him. In other words, this expression of bowing down in the presence of God is an acknowledgement of who he really is. God of the Old Testament and God of the New Testament. Who is he? He's one Lord. He's one faith, one baptism. And that God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament has a name. And his name is Jesus. I wonder what would happen in our worship services if we came in realizing who it was that we were in the presence of. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, God of the Old Testament is God of the New Testament. And I know his name and his name is Jesus. What if we got fed up with everybody worshiping the same and, 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 and we come not just to bow down when the spirit moves so strong and you can't stand anymore. But instead, what if we come in realizing we're in the presence of a king. We're in the presence of the Lord of all lords and he's here in the presence of his people. Oh, would I come and would I just bow? We use our feet. We express our worship through our feet. We dance and we leap. Dancing serves as an expression of joy and excitement, an act that displays victory and triumph. In 2 Samuel, we learn of the account of David and how he danced every six steps when bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel. The Ark of the Covenant, it represented the presence of God. We look at 2 Samuel 6 and 14, and David danced before the Lord with all of his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod, and... With all of his might, the word might here in the original text means force and boldness and power and strength. The idea once again is here that, that you're taking a simple act, just dancing and you're engaging your spirit in this pursuit for him and pouring it all out before the Lord. It was an expression, nothing reserved, nothing calm, nothing quiet. 
like the disciples in Mark 14 who were filled with indignation when the woman uh, broke the alabaster box. Here, David's wife is disgusted by this display of worship. She didn't understand what was really happening. She said to the King David, how glorious you were today, implying he looked ridiculous. He was, she was embarrassed of this, but see, she didn't get it. She didn't understand what was happening. He wasn't just dancing to dance. It was a dance with a spirit engaged in pursuit for the Lord. This wasn't to win the approval of the people. No, this was an outpouring of worship. This was the type of worship that God would stop and say, this is beautiful. We use our feet to leap. Rejoice ye in the day. Leap for joy. Behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner did the fathers unto the prophets. To leap is simply to uh, imply a forceful jump, a vigorous jump. What's happening? Well, my heart is being poured out in expressions of worship. So when you walk into this place and you see these kinds of things happening here around us, just know that that's what's happening. That's what's taking place here is some people's hearts are getting engaged with the with the spirit inside of them and they're pouring it out in pursuit of the Lord. This by no means it was an exhaustive or complete list. We could probably uh, do Bible studies on each one of those and they last for weeks. Let's talk about his presence. I've got a minute. I'm going to go real fast. What expressive worship does is that it draws us into the presence of God. And that is where we want to be. That's what should be our desire. That is where our hearts ultimately long to go and dwell. The psalmist said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to behold the beauty of the Lord. He says, I will seek after this, referring to the pursuit inside of him. And he says, this is why, this is my motivation, so that I can dwell in the presence of the Lord. This is reaffirmed in Song of Solomon 1 and 4. The writer says, draw me, and we will run after thee. The king hath brought me into his chambers draw me and we will pursue thee with purpose with intent of the king bringing me into his chambers what am i saying i'm saying our pursuit for god is displayed in the outpouring of expressive worship which in turn leads us into the deep presence of god almighty jeremiah 33 and 3 call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And that, that's what we're after. That's what I'm longing for. The deep places in God's presence where we uncover his mysteries. Where he shows us things we've never known about him. Where we discover things we never knew to search for. That's what our spirits long for. The psalmist wrote, deep calleth unto deep. There are a lot of questions to what this phrase means but if you look at it from the context in which it's written I think it's pretty clear what it's referring to it speaks to a certain tone with me here's what comes before it as the heart panteth after the water brooks so panteth my soul after thee O God my soul thirsteth for God for the living God when shall I come and appear before the Lord? My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? I remember these things. Look what he says. I pour out my soul in me. And then verse 7, and deep calleth unto deep. Woo! And then I think about what we just read in Jeremiah 33. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you the great unsearchable things that you do not know. 
from the depths of my spirit to the depths of his presence. Oh God, then he can show me things I didn't know. I didn't even know to search for. That drives these expressions of worship. God, take me into the unknown place where I'm lost in your presence without a map, without a compass. Oh, where I'm surrounded by your mysteries and your glory. When heaven touches earth, when God responds to our expressions, the love and the peace that overwhelms us, the moment of unspeakable surrender, that's what happens through expressions of worship. We'll talk more about that during collective. When we begin to worship, he will soon arrive in the midst of his people. And it's when he fills the room that all of a sudden you're swept away by a wind of glory. C.S. Lewis said, It's in the process of being worshipped that God communicates his presence to men. Stand with me. It's in his presence that I want to be. Expressions of worship, what it means to lift my hands, what it means to sing, what it means when you see someone jumping, when you see someone dancing. It's the pursuit inside the heart to know him in ways you've never known him before. If you would, if you'd lift up your hands and your voices, and for just a few moments, could you express some worship to him? Could you lift your your hearts and can you pour it out unto him? Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We bless your name, God. Hallelujah, we glorify you. Oh, that's it, that's it. Jesus, I love you, that's it. What's the motivation for your hands being lifted? What's the motivation for your voice being lifted up? What's the motivation today of you clapping your hands, you bowing before him? Oh God, I'm motivated. I'm motivated by your glory. I'm motivated by mercy. I'm motivated by your presence. I'm not doing it just to do it. When I come in on Sundays, when I come in on Wednesdays, oh God, let me push away distractions. Let me put everything to the side so that I can be focused in on you, so that I'm not distracted, so God, I can pour out expressions of worship. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.